Who watches The Watchmen? We do! Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter and I'm joined by Tara for Watchmen Season 1, Episode 6. It's called This Extraordinary Being. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. And as kind of teased by last week, Angela downing the pills, uh, the nostalgia pills, uh, we go into an extended flashback episode with only a few moments that are not of purely the past, of Will's past. Uh, primarily when he becomes a police officer in New York in the 1930s. I can tell you it's exactly 1938 as well because of one piece of thing. Uh, there's one. There's, there's a reference to a comic book and I just happen to know that that's 1938. So <laughs> I can tell you what year it is. Um, I think they showed 1938 on there. Uh, on the book, yeah, yeah. you may be right. No, no, I mean like in the episode. Because oh, I knew it was then. 1938 too and I didn't know what year that came out. Oh, clearly I ignored the year it showed me then <laughs> and then just figured it out because of Action Comics number one. Uh, so, yes, I'm a nerd. Yes, we can get over this now. Okay, so most of the episodes are black and white. So HBO uh, want to let Lindelof and Co. go nuts and have a black and white episode, which many networks will not let you do. Um... I think it's fair to say. Uh, HBO, I guess, get away with it. Although, what's funny is that HBO, despite the fact that they are a ballsy network who do a lot of, you know, mature programming, they do a lot of extreme content and uh, artistically let people really go for it. Uh, they're one of the mm-hmm. few networks that haven't actually kind of allowed people to do different aspect ratios. And I know this is a nerdy thing to say. I, I realize that. But even the CW this season let a show be wider than 16 by 9. Uh, USA Network's been doing it. Uh, Sci-Fi's been doing it. All the streaming services have been doing it. I just think it's interesting the HBO have stuck. No, you're making it in 16 by 9. You're not changing that. Well, maybe it's just the type of shows that they make don't really allow for a lot of creativity like that. Like, you know, obviously shows like Community or The Goldbergs or something that's I don't, that, I don't know, that has more of a anthology style maybe can, can get away with that. With the exception of perhaps this year, HBO has been just kind of standard programming. I don't know. There's no reason why they can't, they can't change the aspect ratio. It's just interesting that they've stuck to that, that format where when uh, so many others, even like, like cause CW doing it with Batwoman really blew my mind. It was like, wait, what? They're like a regular network. Regular networks don't let people do this creative shit. Mm. You know, it has to be the, the the carbon copy like format that everyone uses, and nothing else is acceptable. But uh, so I'm sure they'll do it eventually. But you know, you're you're watching the Mandalorian right now on Disney Plus, and it's in two point three five to one. It's the proper cinema scope. It's okay. I'll stop I'll there. Take your word for it. Because <laughs> I, I don't notice aspect ratio unless it's like full screen versus widescreen. That's <laughs> it. As much as I know. Well, you know, it's black bars at the top and bottom, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Some shows yeah, are wider I, now. I don't so. notice when things are different in other shows. Okay. All right. Fine. I'm not that kind of nerd. Fine, fine, fine. Fine. There's time yet. Your, your time will come. I'm not a technical nerd. We'll get into the episode. The episode starts with uh, another segment of the American hero story uh, with Hoodie Justice being blackmailed, essentially, by uh, the Mafia. Um, slash, I think it's like police who work for the mafia. That was the intent. That was the the gist I got from this scene. Um, and they're, uh, and they're yeah. being over the top, uh, and the music's been over the top because it's doing this, you know, like noir thriller music. It's the like blasting the, the the horns and the drums, and 
they they say okay here's just we've got photos of you with captain metropolis uh having sex and we're going to show you a photo of this and captain metropolis try to blackmail uh g edgar hoover and because someone he has sex with happens to look very similar to him so take off your damn mask and uh, there's there's this funny running gag as well where uh, like uh like the first guy, the guy who does, does all the talking is like, ah, oh, you know, uh, we, most of us have got a theory that hood represents this and the ropes for for this. And uh, he's like, but my partner here's got another theory. Tell him your theory. And he's like, sex stuff. Sex stuff. <laughs> 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 uh, and then he says it again uh, later where he's like, oh, what do you think's on that tape? Sex stuff. Sex stuff. <laughs> uh, so just, the second time. <laughs> yeah. So who just takes off his mask and. He's a white guy, and this is even even before we get to the rest of the episode. I think a lot of us have been theorizing that Will uh, is Hoodie Justice, and mm-hmm. the reason why I always thought that in the show, an American hero story that is in the show within the show, why it's a white, why it was always clearly a white person through the hood, and here we have a, the full white face, is because I always assumed they were whitewashing it. Uh, I was not expecting what sort of happens later in the episode to explain why everyone genuinely did think it was a white person, but um, I took mm-hmm. it as just the show whitewashed the. Uh, the the history but right well we have seen some of hooded justice in the original comic and like he's he is white in there from what we can tell and oh yeah the and and in the show it's kind of a retelling of i i guess the i think it was the first night owl who wrote the book the memoirs about the minutemen and was just trying to think from memory of what he looked like like we're pretty sure he was a German guy, strong guy, didn't really speak much. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> so clearly, like people just had no idea who he was or who he was. Yeah, arguably, I've seen people online calling this a bit of a retcon, uh, which I guess it kind of is, but it's not a bad retcon. It's it just, be, but as yeah. far as like the the original Minutemen go, a, apart from the comedian and Silk Spectre and uh, maybe. Yeah, that's about it. Like, we don't really know a whole lot of them. Original Night Owl as well, let's say. And Night Owl, yeah. yeah. And But apart from them, like, there's not really a whole lot of background on them. Yeah. Uh, so he beats the, the two up, and this is when it comes out. Um, he mentions that even though, like, all this is going on, the biggest concern is that his boyfriend may be cheating on him. Um, and, it, it, you know, the camera pulls out and, you know... Super Hollywoodized. Yeah, super Hollywoodized. <laughs> it's, it's super cheesy. Uh, you know, Laurie comes in and says, shut that crap off. And we see mm-hmm. that Angela's in one of the cells and Laurie's trying to get her consent to st- pump her stomach because this is dangerous. She, she downed a bottle of nostalgia and that is very dangerous. Yeah, Angela's just sitting there sweating, like mm-hmm. it's about to kick in. And that's when we, you know, we go into the, the what is the vast majority of the episode and that is the extended flashback where occasionally Angela will swap bodies with... Uh, the actor playing uh, young Will, who I don't know his name, but he was in the Leftovers and he was also in Overlord last year, the movie. Oh, uh, I wanted to see that. That was a fun. It, was I a, like the trailer. It was a fun B movie. Um, uh, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, so he he's very good as an actor. Uh, so he he you know it's for for someone who we've not seen yet. I mean, obviously we've seen the character as an old man, but you know that's a young version mm-hmm. of him. We've not seen him before. Uh, to give him an entire episode and have it rest on him, it makes sense that they they cast someone who they trusted to be like, no, you can hand you can carry the weight of this episode on your shoulders because it is all on this you. This episode's heavy. Yeah, it's all on you. And um, I think that what I just said there about the nostalgia being dangerous is is basically the central theme of this this episode is that nostalgia is toxic. And 
Uh, I think there is. I, I think the choice to, to turn Hoodie Justice into a black man actually plays into the, the story of that um, and mm. the idea of nostalgia and the idea of how many old white guys, especially, well, women too, but like, I, I typically think of the old white guys like, going, oh, life was so much better in the 50s. So it so, was so great. Everything was better. Everyone was nice to sure. each other. I mean, it's a common theme that we see even when we watch The Twilight Zone. Like, mm. Just all these episodes that are just about nostalgia, about a time that they miss <clears throat> and how they can recreate it. And it's, uh, I mean, even now, like I, I think about where I used to live and stuff. And I remember like, oh, yeah, that was really nice. And I forget, oh, wait, no, I was sad there. I have to remind <laughs> myself about the bad things that happened too. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think there's a specific twist to it here where... Um, I, I think there is a racial divide here in the nostalgia. The idea that um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, nostalgia for for us is very different from somebody who has nostalgia for or like reminiscing about the past for a black guy growing up in the '30s is very much a, a different experience. Absolutely, probably doesn't have a whole lot of good memories. And that's pretty much what the episode is doing. Uh, pretty much from start to finish, it, it, it's. Every you know, every so often, like like we'll have Angela kind of swap in uh, from from Will, and we'll see her kind of, and she doesn't react differently. It's not like she turns into Angela and she's acting like Angela, where she's, you know, like going, oh, this is horrific, or acting shocked. Like she, she's still playing the character of Will essentially every mm-hmm. time she swaps in. Uh, in fact, when we get to the end of the episode and we're doing the scenes with Judd, and it's like you know, just you know, not just just recent uh, flashbacks. Uh, I actually thought her body line, which sitting in the wheelchair, was especially good. Um, it really felt like she was doing a great job of mimicking uh, the way the way old Will sits in his chair. What was that? <laughs> yeah, Lucas Jr. Yeah, I thought so too. Just a just the way she sat and like looked up was just like, mm. oh, god, she's great. <laughs> yeah, she knows what she's doing. She she absolutely knows what she's doing. And then you yeah. have the other things in here. Um, Action Comics number one getting brought up, and the guys even oh, it's about this this guy. Even nostalgia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it gets sent from our planet, and like obviously the, the episode actually makes it very bluntly clear. If you didn't get it, is that it's very similar to to his uh, origin. Will was sent away by by his parents as his planet exploded. But in this case, the planet was uh you know uh, Tulsa. It was, it was this massacre, but that was the end the destruction of Krypton for him, and he was sent away hoping that you know he would he would have a better life somewhere else um that said though i also think there's parallels to batman uh because we also have him in a theater watching zorro or not zorro but something like zorro um before his parents are murdered like that's also very batman there's actually parallels to both batman and superman in his origin yeah i guess he's kind of an amalgam of like the big the big ones Mm-hmm. but much like superman he is the first of his kind the episode makes that very clear as well is that he was the one that yeah. inspired the rest he was the first type right. of vigilante like this so mm-hmm. yeah the episode he's the uh, last one stuff the, well the the show that he's watching is about a, a sheriff who wears a mask yeah and like like zorro and everyone asks who he is and then when he reveals himself to be a black sheriff they're all like oh you're the one we we've heard about you're our savior even and all the townspeople in the film are white and they accept him because he did something great and we'd, which we'd, is not really how the world works yeah and we'd, we'd seen like part of this in episode one and we talked about the uh the sort of the fantasy of like you know why this appealed to him as a young boy mm-hmm. um and then obviously here like when he's describing this to his uh like, you know, the baby who grew, who he found grew up to be june who, who he has a relationship with and marries and when he's explaining this 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 movie he was watching to her 
Um, it sort of plays in the wall, and there's, there's this somber attitude over it compared to the first time we saw it, uh, where she basically uses it to say, yeah, all, all the people were white, so you have to, you know, come across as white, so they think you're one of them. Mm-hmm. So they think you're one of them. And they paint, like, just his eye strip. It's all, it's almost like what Angela does uh, with the black sort of paint, face oh, paint. Oh, it's very much. Yeah. I think that's very intentional. Yeah. Because we see her all the time with just the black paint around her eyes. Yeah, but it's mimicking white skin, so... Um, but that's that's rewind because there's a whole story to get there because we we go back and he's 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 it's in it's a graduation day or whatever you want to call it for uh, the police academy and he's getting his badge mm-hmm. uh, and the first thing obviously you notice is that the guy like giving out the badges and talking about how you know the boys in blue and blah 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 you know the, think about the uniform you're wearing what it means what what, what you are to this city uh, he yes, skips the best, of the best of the best yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what movie is that from. Men in Black. <laughs> yes, there you go. Thank you. Um, I, in my head, I could just hear the best of the best of the best, sir. Like I just remember the response when he's asked. Uh, so, but he skips over him. He skips over him, and then like, another cop, this other, this older black cop, comes up. He's like, "Oh, I guess I get the honors of doing this." Like the, the guy who was giving the badges out to everyone else skips right. over Will, and it's just this one guy comes up and he tells and him. And Will makes the point of saying that he, you know, he's that that man is the reason that he joined the force and stuff. That he admires him, and then. The, the guy who's giving him the badge is just like, sorry. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. Sorry to hear that. And again, that's the idea of nostalgia uh, being deceptive. To, you know, he, yeah, you're about to enter a world you don't understand. You know, he, he looks at him and he compares him to the hero in the movie and he, he thinks it's going to be this perfect thing. And, you know, it reminds me a lot, actually, of Serpico. Have you ever seen Serpico, the Al Pacino movie? Where oh, become, actually, I probably, I think I have, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's, he's, he's not black. It's not, it's not, the racial stuff isn't there, but the, the whole idea that he joins up to be a cop and he's quite noble and he wants to do good and immediately it's just nothing but corruption and he hates it and he hates every cop around him and obviously it ultimately becomes about him trying to bring down the uh, the dirty cops around him but mm-hmm. um, it, it was giving me flashbacks because that movie opens with the same I mean the same sort of graduation ceremony uh, and goes from there but so yeah we we have him you know he gets warned this this cop warns him he's like hey beware the cyclops and he's like, what? <laughs> Cyclops? What are you talking about? And he can't make an X-Men reference because X-Men don't exist for another 30 years. So <laughs> so he's just confused. And, you know, he, he's out. He's, he goes to see uh, June, who they're not married yet. When they actually marry, is kind of unclear. They don't really have like a, you know, a moment where they, where they have a wedding or anything like that. Don't tell you. That's not a memory that he chose to keep, I guess. Yep, or putting the pills if they can pick. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Because I think these pills are probably different types of memory. And because she downed them all, like she's experiencing all of them at sort of at once or at random. Mm. And they're kind of on top of the, of the other where she can't tell which one it comes from. I, I wouldn't say at random because at least from our point of view, we get them sequentially. We, we don't get pretty, a random order. It's pretty crunk. Yeah. Yeah. Chronological, but there are a lot of, or there is a lot of overlapping. Because at first I thought, like, it's just the way that Will looks at the world now. Like he can't, he sees the events of Tulsa everywhere he looks. Just that like flashes that, of it. That was some of my or favorite stuff. Is it just the medication that she, or the pills that she downed? That are they're just like cross contaminating the the memories. Yeah, it could it could be that, but that was one of my favorite stuff is when he's in like the the oh, the, the bar. We didn't mention it yet, but this episode is gorgeous. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's obviously I said it's black and white, but when he's sitting in the bar, there's little dashes of color here or there. He's, he's sitting in the bar, he's talking to June, 
and talking about why he's becoming a cop and she's like yeah but why are you becoming a cop cops like beat up black people and you know like uh, you know, she's really sort of like grilling him and criticizing what, he's, what his choice is um and as the camera's spinning around them there's a shot of uh, in color like of like part of the tulsa massacre behind them where you just see like you know someone in the white robes uh, with a shotgun shooting someone on the floor and it's just this thing in the background and it's just a it's this savage but beautiful touch to the visual and it happens a few times throughout the episode and there's a lot of moments but it of- all assists the memory too like it mm. it all is it, it's all relevant like there's a, a part shortly after where you see a cop car in the 30s drive away and they're coming off like they're his partners and they're his friends but as the cop car drives away because he's starting to feel a little suspicious of them you also see the the color version of the dead bodies being dragged behind it from the Tulsa like yeah, you, saw see, you see the blood the wagon. you see the blood smear right. and red yeah as it, as it goes right and it's kind of a way of saying like these guys maybe shouldn't be trusted like yeah which, 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 comes, which becomes quickly very apparent uh, red's a big thing in the colors yeah. because uh, even later on in the episode there's a point where he's walking towards the door and there's like a red light above it and it's spinning mm-hmm. and but that's in color the rest of it's still in black and white but that's in color um so there's a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of that, uh, you know, Schindler's List, uh, which is funny because just last episode, what did they bring up? They brought up the movie that Spielberg made instead of the Schindler's Pale List, Horse. The Pale Horse, and they talked the about Pale Rider. I don't know. I, no, like it was the Pale White. I say, maybe that was the Pale Rider, but Pale Rider might actually be a movie. That's not yeah, Pale Red is a, a real. That's a, that's a Clint Eastwood movie, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was because it's never the band anyway. But the point, the point being is that they specifically brought this up that it was in black and white, but there was the red coat, which that obviously did actually happen in Schindler's List. That was a, a technique that that film used, mm-hmm. and I think it's very interesting that in the very next episode, um, it uses that technique. Uh, that was not lost on me. I was kind of, I was kind of grinning as the color stuff started to come in. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like oh okay I see what you're doing here you're using what you brought up last time um, and to show these these stark things in, in the world uh, really inventive the way this episode was, was done uh, so it's after this where he encounters a a, a racist man throwing a, a Molotov cocktail or something equivalent uh, through a, a Jewish proper, it was a delicatessen it was a Jewish delicatessen mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't clock this because I'm not familiar with the names. But uh, did you clock who this this character Fred's meant to be? No. Well, later on you see the the, the place that he owns. There's a, a thing that says F, yeah, Fred and Sons or something like that. Uh, it was F T and Sons. Is he related to to Judd? No, he's meant to be Frederick Trump. This is Donald Trump's father. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, loosely, loosely implied because they can't outright just say it's him for obvious reasons. But uh, uh, apparently, the business he owns lines up with what F- Frederick Trump had, and obviously, and sons we see on the van. It's like, well, <laughs> you know. Uh, really. So I, I didn't clock this myself. I would never have noticed this myself. But I read this. There was an article online uh, talking about did, did did they just turn Fred Trump into like this this. Uh, racist villain in Watchwood and I'm like oh that's interesting um, it's a parallel universe right they can get away with it <laughs> sure yeah yeah Robert, Robert Redford's president I mean yeah he'd probably be better let's be honest <laughs> I think we'd all rather have Robert Redford be president <laughs> yeah it's better than acting <laughs> so I think Robert Redford's a little overrated as an actor 
sure he'd be a fine president. I think he's fine. <laughs> I, I love him as an actor. I think he's got a very sort of welcoming presence on screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the biggest yeah. dramatic actor, but I mean, for me, but... Yeah. I also just really didn't like A Walk in the Woods, and I love that book. Oh, I, I didn't see it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no, I have no strong opinions on Robert Redford. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Much to Tara's dismay. So, um, we, so we see him like try to arrest them, and he's like, "What? Like, who cares? He didn't see anything." But he insists on it. And he drags him in. He thinks he's going to get away with the scot free anyway. And the you know, the desk sergeant's not really kind of like carrying any. And it, then these other cops show up. The sort of the cops we see later in the car. The cops that are not to be trusted. The ones who do the Cyclops uh, sort mm-hmm. of symbol they put in their forehead uh, with their hand. And he kind of sticks up for Will here, but it's kind of like, if, even in the scene itself, before you get to see their true colours later, it feels like kind of like, eh, this feels like an act. This feels like... Yeah. It feels like you're you're taking him away from the situation so you can help him elsewhere, you know, away from the, the eyes of, you know, people Once watching. Once he flashes the symbol on his head, it's like, mm, yeah, something something else is going on here. Yeah, because Fred, Fred uses a racial term and uh, this other cop makes him apologise to sort of try and almost, you know, convince Will in us that, oh, maybe he's to be trusted, maybe this is a good cop, maybe this is a cop that cares. Uh, but of yeah. course, because Will goes back and asks the death sergeant, because he, he runs into, it's, it's during the action comic scene uh, at the newsstand, where he runs into Fred, he's out in the street, he's been let go. So he goes back in and asks the death sergeant and the death sergeant's like, hey, don't don't ask questions. Don't ask questions about that 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 symbol. Don't ask questions about anything you see. Stick to yourself. And this is what leads to him being followed by the like, cop, cops and they're like, "Hey, do you want to go for a beer or whatever?" And he says no. And because he doesn't go with them, he they corner him in an alleyway and beat him and take him out to a tree, much like Judge Tree. And uh, they hang him. They calm down after, you know however many yeah. seconds whatever it may how be. intense was it that we got to watch this in pov though oh yeah because we're inside the sack they, they, they put on them uh yeah but you can still see through and everything's starting to fade we've never i mean i've never seen anything like that on the screen before if it feels like a simple enough idea that i think i have but i can't name you anything so <laughs> it might be it may, be, it may be a new technique it was intense but also the intensity reminded me that angela is experiencing this as mm. well and i think that part in particular because it's the only time we ever see a pov shot from will's perspective or angela's perspective that uh i think that's going to be the big one that sticks with her yeah nostalgia again is toxic uh, as as is having a niche around your neck and you know struggling mm-hmm. to breathe uh but of course they cut them down and say next time they won't cut them down keep you know, keep your you know keep out of business doesn't concern you right uh, and obviously i am avoiding all the racial language that is used frequently throughout this episode because i'm not doing that but um it is there and yeah. you know he's walking home and he's got this sack and the, the noose has been cut and it's like around his neck so if you didn't get that it was really just as before it's like okay clearly this is where it comes from he, he he's, he's here and he encounters like a couple that had been attacked in, a, in, a, in an alleyway by a couple of thugs again talk about batman parallel parallels um mm-hmm. but uh, he jumps in and beats the everlasting piss out of them and you know it's because during throughout the episode keeps saying that he's angry he's, he's, he's got anger in him he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's an angry man she didn't want him to be a cop because she doesn't want him to have a gun and a stick because he's got a rage issue he's angry and he says i'm not angry like he seems calm to us he seems calm 
but then he just explodes in yeah. this alleyway, understandably so. And he does have a lot of strength for somebody who is just beaten up. Yeah, so it's almost like he's getting strength from somewhere. Like the the, the adrenaline and the anger is just fueling him for the short burst of of energy, you know. Like, um, and then he goes back to June, and she she clearly knows what's happened. He's told her, and she says, "Why did you put on the hood?" And he's like, "No, they put the hood on me. No, but you put it back on." And we we saw that in the alleyway. He 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 like ripped the holes for the eyes and put it back on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he tells her about this this the show that he watched as, in the theaters as a kid, and she kind of understands it and says okay well and she points out all the people in that movie were white and unlike that movie they're not going to accept them so you have to pass for one of them so she she make up she puts makeup on over his eyes area so that it looks like a white person under the hood and uh one of the best shots of the whole thing i think is when you see the ref- in the reflection you see angela in the reflection um while he's there and that was the mm-hmm. other thing i liked a lot is a lot of times when it was angela it would do it in the same shot like uh, when he went to see the desk sergeant to ask the questions um, it, the camera kept panning between him and the desk sergeant and one of the times when it panned back to him it was Angela and it just kept but when it panned back again it was him so it, it, yeah. I, and I love I love those moments and uh, shots like that because I, I always sit and think to myself like, I can just see the actors like waiting to dive in because they've only got like a quick second where they can switch so they're like okay right everyone ready right okay it's so switch. smooth it, yeah. yeah it's really done yeah. well yeah it's really and, good uh, I, I love I love it too because even though we don't see this version of Will for very long or until this episode really like i think the performance that we get from um uh oh what's her name regina king regina king yeah i i think she 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 does a really great job of picking up like his manners it doesn't look like it's it doesn't seem like we're watching angela we still it still seems like her playing this part of of will of young will yeah absolutely she's great uh, and then we we kind of skip ahead a little bit, um, and we see this this tall blonde man comes to visit, uh, and he's like, "Oh, hey, I'm an associate of so and so," and it's clear that he's really this Captain Metropolis, but he's pretending to just know him. And he also says, "I don't, yeah. you know, I think you know who did justice." And he's it's this very like wink, wink. We both know, both very clear. Um, yeah, he he comes off very much like Superman. Mm, yeah, as soon as he walks in. But you know, like he's given him his his card, and their hands touch for a second, and he's explained the Minutemen and how the Hooded Justice inspired them. So you know, some time has passed, uh, and you know, mm-hmm. I think at this point he's got a son now as well. It does well. Like Will's son mm-hmm. at some point is born in this episode. Yeah, Will has a son. He looks like he's about four, maybe around this time. And we know time has passed because he has a sweet mustache. Well, I mean, it is November. <laughs> You know, November and all that jazz. Um, yeah, I thought you were not supposed to shave. No shave November. <laughs> Was it? Does it include the head? I didn't realize that. <laughs> but yeah, what I liked about this scene actually is that uh, is that June, like, is just like immediately no, nope, that's not happening. We're not doing any of this. Yeah. And you know, and Captain Captain Metropolis is kind of like. You know, he's like, oh, we're an interesting bunch of fellas. And then he sort of looks at June and goes, and even a couple of ladies. Like, he's like, even a couple. You know, it's sort of mm-hmm. like, look at us. We, aren't we inclusive? Um, and we kind of cut straight from this to them having sex, uh, that, that being Captain Metropolis and, and Will. And, and you know, Will, Will's giving in this scene and, and Metropolis is receiving. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is I, I almost, like, I was just imagining, like, Angela living this memory and like her yeah. like just, just the weird perspective for her 
for her sake because she's she's you know giving <laughs> she's a woman you're, you're right i thought that too and yeah. i thought man it's probably pretty cool if she has to have the memory of being on the other end <laughs> yeah also it's a grandfather so like i mean has she seen her grandfather's junk when she looks down like what like <laughs> I assume that's part of the rules. There's a, there's a whole murkiness <laughs> to this, is all I'm saying. Um, but, you know, Captain Metropolis is saying, oh, well, yeah, you can't reveal who you are because they're not all as inclusive as I am. They're not all as... Uh, it, it didn't say progressive. I think he yeah. said tolerant was the word he used. Um, tolerant, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a reference to the comedian. I don't know about you. Maybe others. No, that sounds that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds like a comedian to me. Um, and... You know, he's, he wants to put on his mask to have sex again and all that. But, like, th- th- this conversation kind of, like, it kind of hinted to me that he wasn't going to be that much of a help. Because, you know, we get to a scene after this where they're having, like, a press conference and Hoodie Justice is there and he starts wanting to talk about this. this... Well, that's how he gets him to go to get into the Minutemen, though, mm-hmm. right? Is that he, the first thing that Will asks Metropolis is, what does the name Cyclops mean to you? And he's like, I've heard of them, but we don't really know. And he said, well, I think they're planning something big. And he goes, well, that's something the Minutemen would be interested in. Yeah, and the, the, the big scene we sort of get, which may have came before this, maybe I skipped over this uh, when I skipped in time, but uh, there's a scene where he shows up to a crime scene, it's like a movie theater, and there's people running, there's like ambulances and fire trucks and like police. Uh, it's that's chaos. Later. Is that later? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he already has the, the the idea that Cyclops is going to do something then. Well, this comes more or less next after the press conference where... Um, basically, he's cut off. It's like, oh, hey, no, we won't talk about that. We'll talk about this, uh, this Moloch dude who's going to use the sun yeah. to kill people. Um, you know, it kind of steps in. It almost, I mean, I know you didn't watch the boys, but he almost, instead of feeling like Superman there, he felt like, uh, uh, oh, God. I watched the first two episodes. Oh, God. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a couple of months and I've forgotten all the character names. Uh, the Superman. The Superman The one. evil Superman. Yeah. Damn it. Ah, oh, yeah. the boys is a really good show. Everyone, if you want to get superhero satire, it's actually really good. It's different from Watchmen as well. It's a really, it's got a lot of heart in it. A surprising amount of heart in that show. Um, I'd recommend it if you got Amazon Prime. Um, so what was it going? Oh yeah, so he cuts them off, and I was get I was getting um those kind of vibes of him doing like the smelling for the camera. It felt you know instead of Superman, it felt more fake kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So this is all for PR, which is something that Superman never feels like. Superman always feels genuine. That's who Superman is. Um, yeah, I mean, Metropolis is told Will at the beginning that he would that this is something that the Minutemen can help with, and as soon as he gets his big moment to be like, yes, we're 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 looking into, we think that the KKK are are after are planning something big, and then he cuts him off because he's like, well, this isn't really what people want to hear right now, like. People want to hear about the supervillains like Moloch, who's planning this yeah. evil scheme to block out the sun or whatever. Yeah, if you, and, yeah, it's basically people don't care about the KKK. People don't care about racial issues. They want us to fight fun villains. Well, that's too big. That's too big of an issue. Yeah. Let's focus on something that is cartoony and still yeah. a threat, also, but like a supervillain threat. Not like, yeah, <laughs> not something that's going to put a mirror up to other people. Especially, I mean, immediately following this speech about Moloch after he cuts him off, they show an advertisement where there's a, a picture of uh, like a, a the, the dollar guy, superhero guy, 
dragging away a, a burglar who of course is a black man but it's like you know a, a horrible drawing of one with all the stereotypes and mm. like yeah so <laughs> clearly cat or metropolis doesn't care that much about um you know the he just he just he, wanted he, he phrases to, it later i can't remember he just wanted to make sweet sweet love to that mustache that's all that this this was <laughs> um, i looked it up homelander is the name of the character in the boys it was bugging me homelander right thank you yeah um yeah, so we have that, and then he, he goes to this theater. He's, he's, he's in police uniform at the time. This is not who the justice. He goes in, and it's it's it. Do you know it basically reminded me of if anyone saw Kingsman, the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, what I thought too. Yeah, this idea of like making everyone in our like a room or a group of people like go nuts and start to trying to kill each other. It was basically mm-hmm. that. Uh, so basically, his Cyclops are using subliminal messages, and we see this aftermath of just this chaos and it's a it's a theater in harlem it's a theater where the pop you know the, the, the crowd are going to be mostly if not all black and mm-hmm. it's just chaos there's people lying dead there's people injured there's people weeping you know the yeah, world goes up and talks to this one woman who's just like you know sobbing and describing like she, she felt this rage and talking about the chaos around her uh, and this is and this has been throughout the episode this this next thing i'm going to mention but this feels like the most prominent place to mention it is every so often in color uh, uh will's mother who was who was the pianist at the the theater uh, in his childhood is like they're playing piano you see her on the street at one point you see her uh, in the restaurant at one point here you see her down mm-hmm. at the, the, the bottom of the screen like she would have been in and you know in real life uh, in the theater so well in the in the theater she was when when we see her in episode one she was playing along to the movie that he was watching yeah so like every time that she shows up in this episode it's kind of the 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 same type of music that she's providing for his theme when he gets his, like, his yeah, it's rage his, going. It's his superhero score. He's basically yeah. using his mother's playing for this movie as a superhero score. Mm-hmm. Uh which is really smart as well. So um Yeah. Like I mean this episode's beautiful in the music as well as the visuals. Like it's really well done. I know I said last week was my favorite, but this is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a good sign when it keeps topping itself every week for you, right? I mean yeah that's good yeah. so he he finds he yeah, basically special he does some tracking he finds the the base um in fact we actually skipped over a scene earlier there was a, there was a scene where he found like a, a few of the guys in you know kkk robes and he found the book on mesmerism this is kind of how he puts it together with uh what happens at the theater so there's a scene where he picks up some uh, white supremacists earlier on but here he's actually tracked them to what might be their base and he phones metropolis and metropolis is like ah this isn't really our cup of tea <laughs> Uh, well, you come over late and we'll have sex, but you know I'm not into this. <laughs> yeah, so he, it was. He basically just went back on his promise, which is why June didn't want him to to join the Minutemen because she's like, you are putting your faith in mm-hmm. white people again, and they're going to betray you. Yeah, and, and he, he's he, right. And he doesn't know like, what, what kind of makes me laugh in a kind of like not not like a funny way, but in like a I can't believe the gall of this kind of way is that you know he says no, nah, I'm not going to do that, but come over later if you change your mind because I'm up for some sex. Like he basically says, yeah. Oh, he said like you're going to have if you want to like settle civil unrest in the black community of Harlem, you're going to have to do it by yourself. Mm. Yeah, he actually says that line, and then says come by later though for some sex because I'm in the mood. <laughs> that, that was that was the conversation so he runs into fred runs into him and uh fred's like this is not your beat um and he, he clearly doesn't recognize him he makes that you know a line later about them all looking alike you know he says ah oh, i can't remember the word he used but you something all look alike um so he couldn't remember him even it's, though i'm sure it's a word you don't want to repeat <laughs> yeah probably um 
It wasn't one of the more commonly used ones, though, which is why I don't recall it. Um, but yeah, he, he, uh, you know, doesn't recognize him, even though he had that whole thing with him, you know. But obviously, some years have passed because you know when he goes home later that night, Will's son's like maybe eight now or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's like, "Oh, you want some free steaks? Yes, the boys in blue always want some free steaks. They deserve free steaks, putting their lives on the line." And Will, it's had enough. And that anger comes out again, and he just shoots him. Uh, he says, "Is this your factory?" Yeah. And then he goes out. He, he puts his hood on, and he goes in, and he shoots every corrupt police officer who's in there. Uh, and you see projectors, mm-hmm. you see all these things, all all the stuff that we need. And it ends with him walking towards the door that has the red light above it. And it almost felt like every time the red light was there, it was kind of like signaling supremacy, like white supremacy. It was always like those racist ahead kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know about that. I noticed the the movie theater being used by the Ku Klux Klan to like try to put out this um, projected image of or, or this message through projection. It's kind of like what it kind of parallels what they did with um, Birth of a Nation. Also, I mean, they didn't try to memorize mesmerize anybody, but they're you know they're they're using the power of the cinema. And to spread well, yeah, the message, we we see we see like the the final guy is recording, and it's the same cop from earlier, the the, the sort of main one that mm-hmm. he was threatening him. We see him recording the subliminal messages that we obviously were suspecting from the theater scene, but the, the chaos. Uh, and he, he goes up to shoot him from behind, but he's 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 out of ammo, so he just strangles him instead. And it's very visceral, you know. It almost feels more. I mean, don't you know all the gunshots yeah. when he's killing everyone in the, the room before that all feel very. Oh, they're vicious, but there's something really vicious about like. Yeah taking the life with your hands and he goes home and his son he catches his son like putting on makeup like him and he has like a cape on and he, mm-hmm. he, he sort of like no 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 and he like he rips it off and he goes to, to what and it's almost like very clear that he doesn't want his son to have to do what he does he wants his son to have a better life than him um right and this is where this is the final scene in the sort of the the the, the, the 30s or well, probably the 40s by this point but um where june says no i thought like you doing this outside of the police force and doing this on your own would sort of like treat your anger and like you know sort of temper that monster but it's actually just fed it and made you worse and it's made you this yeah. this hungry being so she wants to move to tulsa uh with her son and doesn't want him to follow um uh, there is one hint later on though that, that they did kind of reunite in some way um at the very end before angela wakes up uh, there's kind of like a quick couple of flashes and there's one of like what looks like an older June coming to speak to him and saying mm-hmm. she's going to take him home um, clearly much later in his life and she looks much older as well so um, and she says that you well, we get we get one more scene we, we do I know I'm, I'm skipping over that just now uh, I'll, I'll go back don't worry but she also says okay. you, you it's know, kind of important <laughs> it's kind of important but she also says you look like her um, yeah which it makes me think that June has at least seen Angela, if if not like introduced herself. And sort I of... thought that maybe it was coming from outside, like they had gotten to Lady True's place now. Ah, and yeah, okay. Like Lady True's the one that's saying you look that she looks like you or you look like her to maybe Will, who's also there. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So yeah, but yeah, you're right. We we cut to basically the night that Judd was killed, and we see. Will waiting uh, in his chair, waiting for mm-hmm. waiting for Judd to like you know go for the tire tracks and that 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 great music comes in that, down 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 down. Yeah, the Trent Reznor comes back. Down, down, down. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Trent Reznor did the rest of the music in this. I think he probably did, but like, you know, just did a completely different style because he knew it was it had to be different. Yeah. Like a lot, lot of jazz drums in the episode as well at various points. Mm-hmm. Uh, very pulpy. Uh, so, yeah, and we see that basically Will learned how to use subliminal messages, uh, like the, the the these you know probably from the book he got from from the. the he the kept one of the projectors, yeah. Cyclops people. He's got like a, it seems to be a, a more comp- a complex form of it. So, I guess he just kept what he needed to and maybe worked with Lady True to make it a bit better. Yeah, it's more, like, it's more like a flashlight that strobes that he's using on his face, mm-hmm. and he just says what he wants him to do. Um, yeah. So he makes him hang himself, you know, but after they have a conversation, he, he makes him hang himself. He's like, okay, oh, you hang yourself now. Um, and Judd, like, because he's asking Judd about, you know, the, 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 the clan outfit in his closet, and he says actually what was speculated before, that it was his grandfather's, and he's, he's got a right to his legacy. And, yeah. and that, again, that comes back to the idea of nostalgia being toxic. Like, why would you keep that though? Like, if you disagree with this, yeah, it's kind of like the um, like people who protect the Confederate flag, even though it's a, you know, it was used in the Civil War to fight on the side that protected slavery. So, yeah, like, it's a Southern pride thing. We get it, but you can understand why it's not really something we need to keep holding on to anymore. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll keep my more extreme views on the Confederate flag off this, <laughs> off this show, because yeah. <laughs> Americans are quite testy when it comes to flags. No other country in the planet flags are done. cares. <laughs> yeah, no other country ca- like um, like I wouldn't care if you did earth into a Scottish flag. I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> I like the Canadian flag. I like the maple leaf. Yeah, but if someone burned it in front of you, you'd be like, oh, whatever. That's not my flag. I didn't buy <laughs> yeah, it. I didn't buy it. I'm Canuck. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. When we first moved to the to the, to the U.S., um, our house came with a flag, an American flag, and we didn't know what to do with it. And we're like, well, we're never going to use this. So my dad put it in the trash. And when, <laughs> when the trash guy came, like, it was put right back on our door. Like, you're not allowed to just throw out the American flag. Oh, we don't have those kind of rules in Canada. <laughs> yeah, you're meant to you're meant to burn it, right? And I think I know that because there was a question on a quiz show once that I was watching, and it said who burns the most American flags, and someone correctly guessed it was a trick question, and the answer was Americans because that's who you're supposed to dispose of them. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Better trivia. Better trivia. I'll take a dump in my flag if you want, and I'm not even mad at my country. I don't care. It's just a flag. <laughs> you're not a little bit mad. What? What? At your country? At Scotland? No. At the UK? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Scotland, not so much. Scotland Scotland has a lot of progressive, forward thinking things. So I'm I'm not too. Well, mad I only at... know one. He seems okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I, am, I am. Oh, not you. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this other Scottish person been talking to behind my back, Tara? Huh? Gerard huh? Butler. That's so Hollywood much. Terror. That's so much worse than anyone else you could have said. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, J- Judd tries to say, "Ah, oh, you don't know me, old man." So I try to defend himself, uh, but Judd makes, uh, sorry, Will makes Judd uh, hang himself, and you know, we we see like you know Angela sitting in the chair again. Her body language here was fantastic. It was very, you know, God, she's amazing. Capturing <laughs> the essence of what the actor who plays Will is doing, and. Then we get a quick couple, quick couple of flashes, and she wakes up. Lady True's sitting there. I said, "Oh, finally, you're you're up again." 
welcome back and she's you know she's got like a, a big chunky iv in her arm yeah that thing's like an inch thick yeah uh f- maybe it's a stomach pump i don't know yeah but was surely, it connected to her arm yeah it was her arm surely a stomach pump goes somewhere more relevant to the to stomach yeah yeah if not the stomach itself I imagine it would go down the throat but yeah down the throat i don't know maybe technology is different in the future so or not future but whatever this world is <laughs> yeah that, down the throat i mean I, I'm, not, I'm not i am no medical doctor i'd maybe suggest up the ass might also work but uh certainly i would not think the that's arm always is... your first suggestion <laughs> <laughs> how dare you so that's basically where the episode ends it ends with angela just sort of looking like shell shocked of what she's just experienced and that's where we wrap up that's mm-hmm. watchman episode six which interestingly is the first episode without any vape whatsoever i noticed mm. i have nothing to Maybe say about it i missed fight yeah i missed i missed fight too i was like oh damn where, where's that crazy catapulting old englishman I want to. I want to see what happens next. I mean, he got busted. Where's my weekly dose of Miss Crookshanks? I want my weekly dose of Miss Crookshanks. Because <laughs> he's kind of our. Well, I don't know if you want to say the American hero story or fight story is like the Black Freighter. I think it's more fight because we see the Black Freighter flag at one point. Plus, he's using dead bodies to try to escape. <laughs> the reason why I have not compared that to the Black Freighter story, although I do understand why you're saying that, is because Black Freighter was a fictional story within the world. So I've 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 been considering. I mean, I suppose American Hero Story is technically based on a true story within the world, but it's a it's a creation of media. So mm-hmm. I relate that to Black Freighter more because it's like a TV show in the world, like a comic book that was wasn't the comic, which makes sense because it was a comic book in the comic book, and in the TV show, it's a TV show that's within it. Genius. Mm. This show's deep. <laughs> yeah, episode six. It's was good. good. Yeah, episode six was yeah, good. Yeah, I really like the show. I'm really into it, and it, I think it is one of the more well. Euphoria was pretty artsy, I guess, and out there, but the show does take a lot of chances, and it's super daring just on the subject matter because Americans are not comfortable talking about these subjects still, and it's kind of just putting it out there at a time where people are just really sensitive to things. And it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> That's kind of the purpose of art, though, in a lot of ways, is to, to raise these things. I um, mean, this one literally puts you in his shoes for while he's being hanged. <laughs> you know, it's to, it's, to, it's to get, I mean, the whole point of art in a lot of ways is to empathize with other people that you can't possibly share mm-hmm. the experiences with. And something like this, um, not not so much that it's going to convert people who are like ultra white ring racist or anything like that, because like that's a hard task. But someone who was maybe apathetic, maybe doesn't so apathetic after something like this, you know, like sure. that's yeah. that's the hope of art, and it can make you sort of experience something and sort of like. And, and you're right, like Americans are still really sensitive to. I, I remember when Pilgrim as a Slave came out in 2013. In certain mm-hmm. states, uh, I won't name them because I don't remember which ones, but obviously they were in the south. Um, where posting security and like asking for IDs for anyone going to see that movie, uh, because they were taking it very seriously. They were like, "Oh no, we can't just have any kid walking into that." Um, which is funny because I would actually argue that that's a movie that probably should be shown in high schools. Mm-hmm. Show it to kids. No, instead, it's uh, we need to take our kid to see the Passion of the Christ. We should have 
like schools should be off that day and everybody should go on a trip to go see it. I worked in a movie theater when Passion of the Christ came out and mm. there's a lot of young kids dragged to that film. Like they need to see this. They need yeah, to see but, what happened. But 12 Years like, a Slave is actually based on a true story though. It's the same thing and it actually did happen. So, <laughs> Damn it, I just made that joke before you, but then hear me. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I blame the delay. <laughs> oh, that's a great joke. She liked this joke, and uh, you you just ignored me and said it yourself. I'm like, God damn it! Cool, 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 cool. cool. All right, uh, that is episode six of Watchmen. Who's your daddy? What does he do? <laughs> there is no bathroom. <laughs> okay, now we can end. Yes. Uh, they have quoted Kindergarten Cop a couple of times. Uh, so let us know what you thought of uh, the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Ding the bell on YouTube, make sure you get the notifications. You can support us in a couple of different ways, one of which is you can you can rate us on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, give us a five-star rating, maybe a little review. It helps more people find us, so that's obviously very important. As does, of course, sharing us out on your social medias, Twitters, whatever, link us out to people. Um, you know, spread us, say, hey, these two are fine people and you should listen to them talk about this thing because you care about that show uh or whatever tara how can they support us financially well you can support this fine group of people over at patreon.com tv and donating as low as a dollar per month will get you a bunch of bonus features including bonus movies that we review for our science fiction channel the uh the ac the atomic cinema experiment dang it tripped over my tongue so yeah take it down <laughs> so you should just abandon it okay are oh, you done <laughs> all right yeah go to yep. check out patreon for bonuses yes uh but that is as a fact uh, speaking of the ace bonus episode uh, literally just today the day of recording which will probably just be yesterday by the time this goes up um our bonus movie for the month of november went up and it was rotor which is Oof, a blast a it's a blast indeed <laughs> Uh, so check out that uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching TV guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>